Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, my name's James and uh, today I've got Jamie with me as I do uh, every week. Jamie, mate, how, how are you? Not bad, Mucker. Just waiting for Giles to hurry up and get, get back from training for Grimsby to, to get back on whatever he's doing with his football team. Yeah, yeah, as you just said, yeah, Giles will be uh, joining us a, a little bit later on. But uh, the other player that we're, uh, that we're going to be speaking to today played for Sheffield Wednesday uh, during the 2004-2005 season. Uh, but he also played for a number of other clubs as well. Torquay, Peterborough, Oldham, Rotherham, Plymouth, Burton, Bradford, Wickham, Aldershot, Rochdale, Kettering, Bristol Rovers, Northampton and Notts County. Guy, have I missed any? I don't know, I was lost halfway through, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone meets uh, his, his Guy Branston. Uh, Guy, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Good, uh, good thing tune as well. Maloco, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the one. Yeah, it's uh, decent. Quite like it. Got got, got a nice beat to it, so uh, that's why we've, uh, why we've picked it. Um, now, everyone we spoke to, guy that's that's played with you, uh, said that we need to get you on because you, they've said you've got some brilliant stories. So we're all ears, high expectations. I'm you know, I'm, big, I'm bigging this one up, guy. All right, so uh, <laughs> expecting some uh, some some good stories. Now, I, I always I always tend to start from the from the very beginning. Everyone that's listened to all these uh, podcasts will, uh, will will know that. So y- your your career, it, it started at Leicester, didn't it? Is that right? It started as a, obviously as a youngster. I, I had um, a couple of clubs I could have gone to as a kid from Sunday football, but I went Notts and uh, Notts County and then I literally left Notts County to go to Leicester and stayed with Leicester till I was about 19, 20. Um, and then just basically I had great five years up in Yorkshire and um, just really settled in up there and, and you know, kept a massive link there and my brother's still there now and just, you know, just mooched about really, just trying to carve a career for myself. I didn't want to ever be just one of them footballers that sits around and doesn't have game time and, you know, I kept, kept sourcing opportunities and opportunities kept coming. So yeah. I must have been doing something right when I was playing. We're a Rotherham guy when you when you sort of moved up here. Yeah, I signed for Rotherham first. Yeah, but I've been out on loan a lot of different places already as, as a youngster at Leicester because I was probably one of the first out of my group that I was playing with to start venturing out. And I was going Plymouth and, and um, Lincoln. And obviously, Rotherham coming for me as well. I've been Rushton Diamonds. I've got that there, mate. I've got so I went out to look on Wikipedia. We're on about that. It was because you can't really go. It, it said Russian Diamonds, a few loans, you are there, but it just says question mark. It doesn't say how many appearances. Don't don't see if you scored. You a goal won't do. Us. You won't do because no, you won't do because it's um, back then it wasn't charted because it was in the it wasn't even in the national league. So it was actual the national league. Now they're playing in obviously, but it wasn't even na- um, registered as the national league. So it was still classed as the conference football conference, and right. so they never marked up the games, but. Yeah, we had a good side. We got some real lifelong friends from them. We're still knocking them out together now, but it was an amazing club. It was um, Rushton Diamonds. It was it was a, a collection of two clubs put together by a, a bloke called Matt Griggs who recently died, and he was Mr. Doc Martin. So any pairs of Doc Martins you might have ever wore, um, he owned and, and made them and manufactured them and sold his company for millions and made a, a football club called Rushton Diamonds. He was one of the modern-day uh, takeover boys of of the, the lower leagues and he, he made this club it was in, it, it was immaculate it was unbelievable fantastic facility is that what Leon Knight was on about uh, yeah he probably got bunged in there somewhere yeah he, he probably Leon Knight's podcast on Under the Cosh were incredible and he said he just got given a black bin bag of cash 
from these Russian Diamonds owners or something. And, and he hid it in his loft. And then when he was told he had to go, he had to, he was told to get it back or something, and he didn't get it back. I've, have you seen that interview, Guy? I've heard a lot of things Leon Knight says, but so let, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on from Leon Knight. <laughs> now, now, stupid, stupid point here, but like, Russian and Diamonds. I, I used to play a lot of Championship Manager when I was young. When I was younger, I used to always be Russian and Diamonds. I don't know why. I had some sort of affinity for the club. Treasure chest. Treasure chest. Yeah, you play at Nene Park, is it? Nene Park. Yeah, Neen Park. Neen Park. It's, uh, N-E-N-E. Yeah, all right. Well, and it was uh, it was in it was in between it was literally in between Rushton and Iringborough, which is just round the corner from a place called uh, Burton Latimer, which is near Kettering. And right. Kettering now Good. play yeah. and train at Burton Latimer. So it was a big rivalry in that Northampton area. Yeah. And yeah. Northampton town obviously around the corner as well. So it was a big thing to have a big non league club all of a sudden pop and be bigger than Northampton town because as a catchment area, it's quite a big catchment area. So it was a surprise that he did it. But actually, when he turned it around, they got into the Football League. They won the conference under Talbot. Brian Talbot was now at Fulham as um, head of recruitment. And loads of different things went off the back of it. And it's an amazing, honestly, amazing football. Yeah, now I'm just looking at, um, the, 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 going back to Leicester when you when you were there. I mean, there were some good players at Leicester when when you was uh, when, when you were playing for them. You know, he likes uh, Muzzy, is it? Uh, Tim Flowers in goal, Frank Sinclair, Jerry Taggart. Who, like, I, I wouldn't want to meet him on a, uh, on a in a dark alleyway. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? He's a, lovely, he's a lovely guy, man. He's a lovely guy. He gets a bad reputation. He's a lovely guy, but that was. A, I'll be honest with you. That's why I went out on loan because I had Tags who was left side centre half. You had Steve Walsh. You had Matt Elliott. You had a, a lad called Phil Gilchrist. You had them sorts of guys kicking in front of me, and 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 I, and I was miles away from playing anyway, but. Like grand scheme of things, I had to carve a, a career for myself because I've seen a, a no real path or no real um, pathway, as we call it now, to get in the team. But it was, hey, it was a wonderful time, amazing football club. It still is. It's even better now, miles, miles ahead than where when I was there. And a lot of respect for like the likes of O'Neill, but his staff were absolutely out of their heads. Like some of the stuff they used to do, and that was back then and I mean it's modern football now some of the some of the staff have got around the football club now are amazing what one player I can always remember not for his football but just for his, the name on the back of his shirt Arna Gunlogson I can remember his his name on his shirt went all the way all the way around and I could, that, that's he's something. a really powerful agent now he's a um, he's a really powerful agent in uh, I think he's in the Stella group um, right. I think he's either Stella or base but yeah he was a uh, one hell of a player he was. He was a fantastic forward, really sharp. Used to come short, get get the ball off you, nick the ball off you when you're trying to come play out back. And oh, he was, he was so bright, such a bright footballer. Had a good career. Yeah. Now, obviously, fast forward a bit. You went to Rotherham, then you come to Sheffield Wednesday. Now, everyone that's listening to it, obviously, we, we're all biased. We're all going to say Sheffield Wednesday is a massive club. Everyone says it whenever they whenever they join. But did you realise our how big Sheffield Wednesday was before you before you signed. I knew obviously I knew I knew the the image of it because obviously I was I was in Sheffield, out in Sheffield and around Sheffield all the time. But I I never I'll say this I, I've never felt like a like a footballer if you know what I mean. It's a weird thing to say because I'm quite a street kid and you know I grew up on the markets and you know a bit of a wheeler and dealer and I never I never see myself as a footballer. So it was unusual to go out in Sheffield when you played for Sheffield Wednesday and you actually felt famous. 
And yeah. I know we're in League One, but like you were getting like like people talk to you randomly, like like making conversation with you, like I'm you know I'm having a piss, lads. You know, like <laughs> I've got my you know, what, what what oh hey, hey you know how it is, Brad. Oh, and I'm like I'm in gate crashing. What are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm having <laughs> it like that, and you know it just got a bit. It, 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 I say just got a bit. It was a bit bit strange you had to get your head around it, and that's when I realised I thought. This this could this could really work out for me because, and and listen, I know you know the club, but until you're actually in it, you know, then you realise how big it is. And, and and me and Chris Turner were, Chris Turner was my youth team manager at Leicester. Right. Oh, you're my youth team coach, and Colin West I'd played with at Rushton Diamonds. Right. So I, I knew of these guys, and and these guys were on my case from about January February, and I was playing for Peterborough, and they were ringing me up saying, "Listen, you're coming, you're coming, we want you to come." and I'd signed a pre-contract in February right. to, to sign. Um, and it was, you know, of course I was only going one place, you know, even if a championship club come in for me, I was, I was playing for, for Peterborough, ripping it up at League One level. Sheffield Wednesday were going down. And, and by that time, I'd already decided I was going Wednesday, whatever level they stayed in. And if, like I said, if I'd done well and got another championship move, I would have signed for Wednesday anyway because of the size of the place and Chris Turner. Yeah. It's, when you said that there, you know, you, Chris Turner was your youth team coach. Uh, you, you played, uh, you played with thing at uh, Russian and Diamonds. Like that happens quite a lot in football, doesn't it? Like you see that players, like coaches, bring players with them that they've they've perhaps had at other clubs and and things like that. You, you see it a hell of a lot, don't you? Yeah, well, it's it's all down to obviously good recruitment because if you're thinking about signing players at clubs that are going to cost you you know, big money or, or cost you reasonable amounts of money, then you've already done your due diligence. You've already know the type of player he is or type of player that, that it personally is off the pitch, on the pitch. You know exactly everything about him. You know, them two guys know everything about me, my, my warts and all, as they say. Yeah. I knew I was going to come in and, and have a right good go at it and, and try my bollocks off. They knew, they knew, like, worst case scenario, they're going to be supported by me, which they were. And, you know, they know I'm... I'm going to dig deep for the, the shirt I wear so that's that's what they kind of get from me you know as a gimme that's something I bring in my little bag straight away and my little Gucci bag straight away to the shower you know and they know what I'm they know what I'm coming with and that the, I wanted, the main thing is sorry sorry guy I was just going to say I wanted to touch on that with with what you said about when you were Wednesday because Giles said same that's why I want him on now quicker because Giles said until he moved to Wednesday, he didn't feel like a footballer until he moved to Wednesday. He said it because he started off in lower leagues. With you, you, you're starting off at Leicester, you're involved with Leicester a lot, you're at a massive club as it is, so you can see their ground, you're involved at their ground. Yeah, you're going out on loan, but you play for Leicester sort of thing, and you're already then in a big ground. We're a big club, we're a big fan base in a big city. But, yeah, but like like you're saying there, like I ain't, I ain't involved. You weren't involved. Do you know what I mean? I'm, 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 now nah, I'm a kid. You know, I'm a kid, you know, yeah. in and around the fucking lads. I'm kind of like spare part. It's it's when you're on the pitch, when you're winning games, when you're around it like that. I always go back to that Bristol City game, uh, you know. And even when, like I said, we were, I think we were under Stork at the time, weren't we? Bristol City, I'm sure we were. One four one, and and Leeds played, and you know, yeah, we had a, a wicked, a wicked side. We knew, like we we believed yeah. that from that game on, we were going to get promoted. However, it went. However, the pathway went. Because that was one hell of a game, and, and I remember being it's an away game at Bristol City on a like Tuesday night or something. It was a phenomenal game, and, and you just not you don't engage in in 
in your career until it starts kind of bites you in the arse sometimes. And, and that was one of them nights where it bites you in the arse that you're at a big, big, massive football club here. And if it goes well, it could launch your career. And I've, I kind of felt that my career shot really quick. So I went to Rotherham and, and 18 months I was back in the championship and I'd not really thought about it. You know, not really thought about it. And then all of a sudden I'm at Sheffield Wednesday and I'm thinking, for me, two good years in, I'm back, I'll, I'll be back near the Premier League. And, and that's how you think. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you think, you know. And it was more Ryman's Premier League than actual Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you spoke about that uh, Chris Turner brought you in. I mean, what, what was the dream that he sold you then for you to, for you to say, I'm, I'm coming to Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> dream. You, know what, you had to convince me. <laughs> I don't know. What did he, what did he tell you? What, you know, he, he must have said something. Yeah, see, see pre-season. That's about it, I think. See, see you're not, actually, did he say to you, right, guy, we're going to Ibiza in pre-season. Do you want to come? Is that what he said? I said, you don't want to take me Ibiza. He says, you don't take me Ibiza. So I've only just been let out of the country last time. This only just got back in. Don't let me back out. <laughs> I was uh, I was one of the lads who went, like, literally, as soon as the season finished, I'd like, go off for, like, six, seven weeks, mooching about somewhere and wouldn't come back. Um, my bird at the time used to fucking hate me, but... I, <laughs> bird, I your bird used to hate you. <laughs> well, I, I'd leave her till about... I'd leave her till about October, then get back to her at winter, then leave her about summertime, and she'd just go mad. <laughs> right, everyone, but, we've just been joined by uh, Giles Cook. Fa- fashionably late, as always... Like his passes, always, hey, always missing his passes as well. <laughs> hey, mate, honestly, I got on here like all early, all excited because you'll turn or talk about Northampton again. It's your biggest club you played for, and then I'm sitting here waiting for you, <laughs> sitting in the car park, looking like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a park now, looking like a dogger with my lights on, <laughs> <laughs> looking like a dogger. <laughs> <laughs> Where's, where you been, night? Tra- where you been part-time night training with Grinsby again? <laughs> Just give it up, mate. You don't need to keep playing, mate. Honestly, <laughs> days are gone. <laughs> My body's in bits. I'm all right, mate. Thanks, I'm all right. You in the clubhouse now? Nah, it looks like the clubhouse. <laughs> in the clubhouse. Where's Hurst there? Paul Hurst there? His Wi-Fi's nah, going to win a minute. His Wi-Fi will win a minute. I've got untold respect for Giles, mate. He, he kept himself going. It's important to keep going at football because it can drive you mad, can't it, mate? It can drive you mad unless you keep going. Yeah. Oh, so, mate. So we, we we just Giles, just to recap, we, we just touched on uh, the, the dream that uh, that Chris Turner sold, guy. Uh, basically, what he said were come to come to the Bifa at pre-season, and he said, "I'm I'm there, mate. I'm there." <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about this Ibiza trip. We've heard we've heard numerous stories about Ibiza saying that. Well, the only reason you've heard numerous stories because Matt Hamshaw is the only Ollie ever went on. <laughs> yeah, it really is, and all that's what that's what people have told us. They've said Matt Hamshaw's got stories about all of us, right? But we haven't got no about him. We just remember him being that little tell telltale that came on that one trip with us. Hey, he, honestly, he was so. Mate, get get him on the slimy snake. He, he honestly, he sits me up that many times. To, got, got, me, got me fine. Got me fine so many times. Fucking slipping around the management, and you can see why he's running around that dark warning now, can't you? I love him all that. <laughs> but no, hey, Amy's a, Amy's a lovely lad, and, and and he is. He's a top guy, and I mean that. I, I got him really well. We were together. That's probably why he's, <laughs> I've ruined his IB for trip. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, go, go on, this Ibiza. Um, it was more like a stag do, weren't it? I don't think he was. If I'm honest, I don't think he was. He was nowhere near as bad as everyone else. You must say. have gone on some good stag do's then. <laughs> I think probably have, but like, I mean, it was a pre-season trip. It was meant to like be a bonding trip. We've been on them before, me and Giles, I imagine. And, and I, I was, you know, under the understanding that, you know, we, we're going to have a couple of nights out at least. And they were always like, no, no nights out, no nights out, blah, 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 you know. I'm going, Chris, look, lads, you know, lads need a night out. And Bully, Bully back then, he turned up in this um, old school long uh, old school long jag. Oh, yeah. So I used to call him the mayor. I, don't, I didn't really know him. I obviously just got to know him, like, as in on that trip. And I used to call him the mayor because he had this long jag and I used to try and stick flags on the end of each corner of his car, <laughs> you know, just to piss him off and run by the side of it with my finger in my ear like that, making it like I was too secure. I said to Bully, I said to Bully, look, Mate, I'll be honest with you. Any any danger like getting on a night out? Because he told me your assistant coach, your assistant coach, and he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm not, guy. Look, what I'm going to be is assistant uh, captain." Went, oh, all right, well, look, you know, get in the ear then of Chris, and I'll get in the ear of um, West End, and we'll, we'll get out. And I'll speak to the rep, and before you knew it, I had like a couple of little things spinning. We got, we end up having a couple of nights out. And Louis was there and, and Richie Evans and people like that. And obviously real, some real good lads. But that night out lasted about three days. Because we let, we let um, Icky Bottom go out with us. And he was, again, he just joined as well. And we'd, we'd heard about Bansley, Bansley, this, Bansley, that. There were a lot of players that signed it, weren't there? In that, uh, th- you know, along with yourself. There were a whole host of new players, weren't there? I'll tell you a funny story in a minute. So we'll just carry it, crack on with IB if you like this one afterwards. So we've gone on this night out, and I, I kid you not, we lose Icky Bottom. We can't find him. We've all gone on the bus. We've all had a great night out, Pasha, whatever. Watford have joined us because they're on a night out as well. Sean Dash is in there. Fucking all the boys are in there mooching about. Having a great time. We're all steaming. I remember just sitting around having a few vodka Red Bulls, nice and calm and quiet. Anyway, go to train the next morning. Gaffer's walked through the, the, the canteen and Gaffer's on the sofa with his trousers all pressed and, and basically in his, in his shorts, his pants, and just asleep on the sofa. And uh, we used to have a bloke called Kevin walking around trying to be some sort of director of football for Dave Allen. And he was like, what's going on here with Westy? And Westy's like steaming and laughing. Like, oh, the lads have had a night out. So lads are missing. A few lads are missing. Louis, Louis young Louis was missing. Uh, Richie Evans was missing. And um, Amy was telling everyone what happened, you know, like he did. Snitch. Snitching on us all. Then there's all this, yeah. Yeah, snitches have stitches. And and all them things were going on. And I'm going, Amy, just keep it down, mate. We can't find Nicky Bob. Yeah, yeah. Gaffer, anyway, you know, so-and-so's missing. And, and I'll make sure I find him for you, Gaffer. Don't worry about that. And I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, this lad. So anyway, two days later, two days later, <laughs> he's still missing. We've got last game, the final. We're playing Watford. And we see Icky Bottom on a beach, head up, head up to Sandler, <laughs> covered all his body, delirious on this beach near the ground. No word of a lie, we've drove past, we're just about to go training in the morning, we see him. Must be 48 hours he's been missing, no one can find him. Anyway, we get around this beach, he's fucking covered in sand, all stuck to his body. He's in the same shorts and the same shoes. He's got no socks on, he's fucking out of his mind, honestly. We don't know what he's ended up at taking. We, we literally he couldn't play for like about three weeks after, but we found him on this beach, so he was safe. So his missus was up there, and he honestly, it's Lee Peacock, 
never let that story die. Every time I see him, he tells me about when we found when we found poor Nicky Bottom on the beach, fucking bollock naked. But he wasn't bollock naked, but he, he had pants on. But luckily, because it was a one of the nudist beach. But, mate, mate, what a living legend! Living legend. We had so many nights out with him <laughs> in uh, Proudlock. So obviously, what with team morale like? Because that, that basically that's what that trip were for, weren't it? It was for team bonding, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. What, what, you know, did it work? I well, I think the majority of lads that stayed, even when Stuart took over, were, were very, very good lads. There's some fantastic people there, you know, Lee Bullen, people like that. Um, obviously, Proudy got injured off way through. You know, McGovern. You know, some some great lads. They signed some wonderful players. Glenn Whelan went on to have a Premiership career. You know, Brunter went on to have a Premiership career. You know, yeah. me went on to have a non-league career. So they made some mistakes somewhere. <laughs> along the line. But there's all there's all these there's all these things you think about and, and you know you look back and go you can't regret being around it you know and you can't I always look at now I talk about culture with the young lads and I talk about you know friendships within dressing rooms and and uh, bonding and rapport and things like that and whenever when, obviously whenever you look at teams that have been successful they always always had good culture and they always had good friendships and always had good rapport. And people want to be around winners. And and that's what I think Chris and, and Colin had a great understanding of winners and, and good lads who can talk and mix. And we, we used to meet for coffees. We used to meet uh, continuously for coffees after I left. I, I went to Oldham um, halfway through the season because the Sturrock and what, what went on with him. And, and a great guy, by the way. No, I ain't got a bad word to say about him, but it just didn't work out for me with him. But when we... When I left, I was driving over the tops to go to Oldham most days and I'd go and meet Bullard, go and meet McGovern or go and sit on Exor Road and just be around the lads still because they, they were just nice people to still speak to them now. So it's important you've got them friendships in football and that's where successful clubs are built from trips like Ibiza. Yeah, I mean, we already touched on Matt Amshaw, but the story, the story tells, which you've probably heard numerous times, well, obviously it were you that were doing it, but the pound coins in your nose... Oh, 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 yeah, that, that's definitely me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what... You... Hey, hey! <laughs> Giles! So, for, so for, the, for those that are listening, so so basically, <laughs> what you, you would bet someone, <laughs> you would say, how many, pound, how many pound coins do you think I can get up my nose? Is that right? Well, because I went away most summers, like, and we're only on low wages, it was a great way of making a few quid a day. <laughs> So you'd get you get a big group together and you'd be mooching <laughs> about all day in the booze zone and you'd be sitting there having a chat in the sunshine and what one would say, oh, go on then, show me how you do it, Brano. I'm like, oh, go on then, put your pound coins in. So you put your pound coins in, there'll always be like 20 or 30 quid and you'd probably do it three times a day, 100 quid. So you'd pop, 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 pop. You, you, there's, a, there's a, obviously a, a sinus, isn't there, behind your nose. So pop, 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 you know, pop in there, pop in there. But at the time, it wasn't particularly pound coins, it was euros or, or whatever country you're in. So pop them in, you get 30 in, and then, and then what you do, you basically just put the banter at the time because you've had a few beers, you snot it out, and it lands like that, and then no one wants them back. So you've got 30 quid, so you, well, 25, 30, standard. Yeah, because with my nose quite squ- you see my nose is quite squashed, yeah? You see my nose... Squash it. <laughs> I want to know is what, at what point at what point did you know that know that was your party trick? Um, when I was 
<laughs> when I was uh, when I was pretty when I was pretty young, if I'm honest, it was um, it was something my, me and my brother used to have a bit of banter about, like size of heads, and we used to be, <laughs> we we were the only two white guys in the area where we lived, and and they all used to call us blockheads. Here's the blockhead brothers, and and that was our banter. And my nose was all squashed and blocked. Like they used to say, like a proper block your head, isn't it? Like squashed nose, blockhead. And my brother, my brother used to get out of trouble because he was quite a real skinny kid. And he was the funny kid. Oh, my, 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 my little brother will stick some things in his big nose. You know, my brother will stick some things in his big nose <laughs> just to get out of trouble with the big guys. And, and we just didn't want to get into it. Honestly, we we're in some moody little little place when we grew up. And we were the only two white kids, I promise you now. Only two white kids sitting there like going, how are we going to get out of this tie? And that's my brother's name. And he's going, oh, fucking hell, I'll, I'll drop some banter on him. Yeah, my brother will stick this in his ear if you want. My brother will stick this off his nose if you want. Look at his nose, look <laughs> at his nose. So it used to get us out of trouble. So we'd be sticking all sorts of things up my nose, like 10Ps, 20Ps, 50Ps. And it, I just remember it as a kid, like being the way of getting out of trouble or having a bit of fun. And it was something I got carried on into football. Yeah, I mean, you've just touched on it there. I mean, I think it's right in saying you had a bit of a, a tough upbringing, didn't you? Um, obviously, we're football kind of your your release when you were when you were younger and growing up I just always I was I was always you know up for it sort of thing it was always a, a, a an environment where you played on the on the park with the older lads who are as a kite or and you just like going around skinning them and being around it and you're getting your legs kicked or you're having a kickback and it was, I was always playing with, I was always around men because my brother's four or five years older than me see so as I was growing up, there were always older lads I was playing against, and my brother always had me near him. So I'd play with the lads who, and he got into like in and around the drug scene, and I was always playing like football with lads who were like off the heads, and they were just making crazy tackles. So I was always quite aware of what was going on around me, and it kind of obviously taught me a lot about staying away from that sort of stuff as well, which was great for me. But it was a, it was a, I suppose a, growing up in that sort of environment makes you a bit more streetwise and going into football you kind of like work a lot of the situations out pretty quick where you are who you're with you know what area you're in or what what side of the dressing room you're in and, and getting to know sorts of different characters within football because there's a lot of that type in football you know from from um hardship backgrounds and yeah. and, and way you're always looking for a way out and you're always looking to progress and, and it gives you kind of the desire you deserve uh, better and i was always aiming for better Probably ended up that's what probably why I kept moving around a lot because I always wanted to better myself up. Did you want to go back into it when you were finishing? Then did you always know you wanted like you're doing? We spoke about this before we started. So did I want to go back into sticking things up with those or promise? <laughs> <No. laughs> um we spoke about before we started about you um what you're doing today. You've just been to watch Forest or like normally you'd be watching Leicester if they weren't a game and stuff. Did you know you wanted to go into doing something like this after football? Do you want to just explain to people listening what you do now? Yeah, well I, I'm. The PDP loans manager at Leicester City, so I, I look after lads now who are out on loan, who are in and around the football league or, or abroad or wherever we, we put our lads. Um, um, <laughs> I work with them on a daily basis. We've got about six lads out at the minute. Probably get a few more out before the window closes. And I'll, I'll go through their, I'll basically their manager. So, you know, I'll work with them on behalf of the football club to, you know, guide them through the 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 pitfalls and all sort of all the positives that go on with creating a career for yourself. So, you know, some of the standout players I've worked with at the minute are like Harvey Barnes, who's playing now, and 
um, against West Ham and, and Dewsbury Hall who's on the bench and Luke Thomas, I coached as well. So, and there's lads all in the football league who I've been working with over the last three years. So, yeah, it's, I did. I did always want to go back into it. I, I don't want to leave the football industry. I want to work in the football industry in in, in a lot of different capacities. I'm I'm big on recruitment. I'm big on um, analytical data. I'm, I like coaching. I do, but I, I prefer management of players rather than the coaching of players. And and just being around players is, is fun. You know, there's some real good lads out there, Giles, aren't there? You know. And you, you want, want to get into a... management, don't you? Well, you're telling me now, man. <laughs> yeah. You told you told us before. I'm not going to start on you, mate. Even though you, even though you're miles away, I'm not going to, I might oh, just make it one. Hey, you're Hey, hey, Jamie, he's soft, really. I'm a lovely guy, mate. Well, oh, here we go. Giles's Wi-Fi is going again. I'm for free- God's sake, I've got three kids. Yeah. I got three kids. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you say obviously loans manager. What did they do, guy? Did they just check your Wikipedia page out and saw how many loans you've been on and thought he'll be all right? He knows what he's talking about when it comes to loans. I I had a, a thorough interview for it. Thank you. I was going through. Um, I was doing the sixteen down at Leicester. Uh, I just left Chesterfield as head of recruitment, and then I was interim manager, and, and I got a call from some of the staff that were working with the club again, and I'd already previously worked with them, and they said, look, there's there's a, a part time job if you want to just do some coaching. So I took the opportunity to take the part-time job, which is zero money, if anyone knows, academy coaching. But I just wanted to be around the coaching and wanted to learn more and, and, and you know, make myself better. And I'm not, I'm not one for being out of work. And a lot of the stuff I like doing is, like you said, is the day-to-day working with the lads. Yeah. You know, the one-on-ones, the the, the, the one-on-three lads you've got to work with to, to improve them and, and try and improve players and, and the decisions they make on and off the pitch. And, that's where I think the management comes in, and you you are right, yeah. Like I did say, and I always say that you know, inevitably I'll, I'll end up being a manager, hopefully one day. Yeah, I mean, just backpedaling a little bit. Obviously, you've already touched on uh, when Paul Sturrock came in, and um, we've we've heard from a few people that he changed things quite a lot, didn't he, in terms of the fitness side of things, didn't he? He had some some I don't want to say strange regimes, but they were uh, they weren't they weren't normal, were they? I'd never been around it. You know, I've been I've been around running all my life, but I've never been around his his strange regime. And it was a it was a top regime, by the way. There wasn't a a, a reason not to think it was different because I'd not seen it at that level. You know, this is a man who'd been around elite elite football, really. If you think about his career he's had before he came to Sheffield Wednesday, he'd managed at elite level. So it shocked a few of us. Um and it put on new a new level of fitness into me that I'd never had before. And, I, and I, if I'm honest, I lapped it up. I thought he was very, very good. Um, he, he pulled us in. What was it? Was it long distance running? No, not really. It was, it was, I'd say it was, what? He used to have, he, one run he used to call, it was the 40s and 80s. And it was all about um, lactic, lactic acid buildup. It's all based around science. It weren't no, no, just doing this out of pure, you know, nastiness. It was about improving your lactic acid buildup and how you recover quickly from intensive workouts. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Like, it, we did a, a, a literally a run called the 4080s, and, and we'd run for 40, we'd run 40 yards, four to, uh, sorry, 40 yards three times. And then you'd walk, sit literally over and do the 80 yards three times three times so you literally do nine runs it was insane but he, he'd hardly have any with rest. no rest 
no, no, the rest was the, the walking across to the, the next the road. Walk. Okay. So you, you could take off. your time on the rest. So you there must have been a few little small steps. Oh, honestly, like and 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 then what we did was on a this was all on a Tuesday. We did it all in preparation for Saturday's game. And there was other stuff he'd do, like he'd get you in on the day of the game, which I was like, never a big believer in, but I'd have, have a proper full-blown session. And I'm me being me, I'm like, what the hell are we doing, lads? All right, come on. Like, we've got a game tonight. We've got Hartley Pool away. You've got to sit on a bus. We've done a full session now. You know, it's, it's just, and, and, and I would, because it's just brand new. But but he said, well, if you've got this, this fitness level in you, that won't really affect this training session. That won't really affect the game. And, and I, can't, I, bought, I bought into it. And we, we turned the results around from that fitness level and they went on a run. And at the end of the season, the lads are incredibly fit. That's got to come from his training, you know, and it's not looking back in reflection. It's not, I didn't want to leave at the time, but it was more of, well, you know, you've got an offer to go to Oldham and you can get a big payoff. I've got to take the payoff because the payoff was phenomenal. So it was a, a conversation to be had with the club and, and something that I had to do for, for my own livelihood and, you know, for me to still sit around talking about football and being able to live with a nice house and, and pay for my kids because, Lower league football is yeah. like that. You've got to take the money. Do, do you have any regrets, mm. Guy, of leaving Sheffield Wednesday? No. It was yeah. something that I did because it was the right opportunity at the time. I, I went to Oldham. I played my best football I've ever played at Oldham. I come away from Sheffield Wednesday, the fittest I've ever been. Uh, the only reason, funny enough, the only reason I even dropped out the side was because we went on Christmas doing a bash my knee up. And it was something I shouldn't have done, but I, I did. And, and Richard Woods, you know, made his appearances and did really well in the team. So they went on a crazy winning streak after Christmas and, and I couldn't get back in the side. So they said, look, you got this offer to go to um, Oldham. Do you want to take it? And, and I went... No yeah. brainer. Yeah, no brainer. The money the money was there to leave Sheffield Wednesday and then also the money was there at Oldham. So got paid double bubble for two years. Yeah. I mean, obviously, one of the clubs that, again, touched on it, one of the clubs that you went to, was uh, was Northampton where uh, Mr. Giles Cook was uh, was was there? I mean, uh, what what coming when he was up and coming young spunk, he was a fantastic player. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say what what were what were he like? Can you remember what he was like? Was phenomenal top player. draw, wasn't I, guy? Top mate, top draw, mate. You were top draw. Stop texting <laughs> me. Stop texting me. Say that. <laughs> no, it, it was. I'll tell you what. That Northampton side, Stuart Gray. Um, we had Bowditch, we had Henderson, yeah. thinking about, we had um, yourself, we had Kirk. There were some some really, really good players in it. Um, I, I, I rocked up and, and was around it after leaving Peterborough a couple of years later, uh, from literally from leaving Oldham to go to Peterborough, and then Darren Ferguson come in and didn't want us, and then I went to Northampton on a couple of games and stepped up the division sort of thing. I, I think Peterborough were in League 2 and I went into League 1 with these guys, and I really enjoyed it. It was only a short, a short stint, but I think it did a month. Bunny was in goal. Um, there was some uh, Bowman. Bowman was at the back as well. Big Bowman was at the back. So yeah. some really, really good players there. But again, it was, it was a funny, funny twist because we played. I think we played Swansea. Can you remember playing Swansea when they had like Akin Fenwar, yeah. Trundle, people like that all playing for them? And yeah. it was Brits, Brits in the middle. Yeah, Brits in the middle, and they were up and coming with Martinez as the manager. And um, it was it like. It was bonkers, like sixteen thousand there, North, little Northampton town. But even that, even that was a, a, a good, good place to go and play your football because it was a quality football club when Stuart Gray was manager, in my opinion. Obviously, Stuart Gray then went on to went on to manage uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, what what 
what were what was he like as well, a I think he's been a system manager and all sorts of things with with um with so I think, many good words about Stuart Gray. Mate, phenomenal. No, coach. Stuart Gray was a top, honestly top top coach. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't see him really as a manager. Um I thought he was a bit not not soft, but what would you say, guy? As would you not say he was a better coach than a manager? Yeah, you won't you won't you won't put him in the in the uh, argument room in a boardroom. It's like Yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> there you go. But as a coach, his training was top draw, wasn't it? It was yeah, really, you, you wanna, really good. You want to be around him like in a coaching environment. He's he, he and he's, he he's definitely still, learn. He still learned. yeah, he still receive he still receives a lot of his information kicking about for you know when you go and watch um, a lot of these LMA seminars and webinars and he's still asked about you know coaching here and coaching there and I've never again I've never seen a I've never seen a session with him that I thought he's not thought about this or he's very much. Um, a detail-driven sort of coach that you need to be around. It just seems like one of them players, one of them players, that, one of them managers. Sorry, that you're just like you've got. Everyone's got respect for that. You'd rather him. You'd rather like him not him look at you with a bad look. You'd rather him shout at you than give you a bad look as if to say we're disappointed. You know what I mean? It looks. It's like one of them managers that everyone just seems to have respect for and seems to listen to and don't need to shout to get his point across. That's what I've seen from everybody we spoke to. That's what they said about him. Well, the, the where you where you're right there is you know you sit here and. and you're a player and you try and like even me I, I used to listen to some of them shouting at people on the sidelines and and there's a way of shouting even that like you know you, you can have a bit of shouting banter or you know shout but like I used to hear some of them going after me or after you know the midfield or after him or after you know, one of the lads and you're looking at him going what are you fucking talking about mate like we can hardly hear what you're saying let alone you're going mad on the sideline and and they're the, the shouting stuff like just random tweaks and blah, blah, blah. a bit like you know, if you look at Paul Cook these days, he's he's shouting all sorts of things. His throat's going, he can't hear him. <laughs> hey, hey, that's my mate. Hey, that's my mate. Be careful what you say about him. I'll say what I want. You know that. And and I'll sit there <laughs> and and I look at him and I go, "Can any of the players actually hear what you're saying?" Really? Like, do they really say it like, can any of the players actually hear what they're saying? Like, you go, rah, 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 I'm thinking, fucking, <laughs> what are you saying there, mate? He's funny, mate. Yeah. And, and and if I'm honest, Giles, I've got a lot of time for him as well. But he's also, yeah, a lot of police for me. <laughs> police going to pull me over. <laughs> honestly, not the police for me now. Look, <laughs> are they actually your part? Honestly, mate, I'm pulled in near my ass, right? In the car park. You look I dodgy. I look dodgy, don't I? Checking me out, bro. What, what do you think to Finger then, Guy? What do you think to Darren Moore then? Oh, I got a lot Good, of time. Great appointment. Yeah, got a lot of time for Darren. Got a hell of a lot of time. And then what, where you where you get with Darren is, you, you know, he's done his yard yards. He's, he's gone all around the coaching scene. He's worked incredibly hard to do what he can as a as a as a coach first. And then he, he he's a manager of lads. He's a manager of people. I, I was lucky enough to work with him at Burton for a short period of time and I was blown away with his how he, how articulate he was and how, how he spoke and nice he was to people. You know, he's a beast of a boy. He's very much emotionally intelligent. There's loads of positives about him. He's he got a great guy in Jamie Smith next to him. He knows what he's doing. And, he, 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 you know, you turn up for work and I imagine he gets the best out of lads by just being around them and, and having a bit of fun yeah, with them. But also, also just just making sure that the sessions are on point and the details there. Mm. Can we touch on the silver lining, James? Just what it was like when he stepped out with silver lining. Are we on that bit? Yeah, yeah go on. Just, I just wanted to get with that, just just to get your thoughts on it, because 
we have a, people, players on that talk about it, the favourite away or the favourite song, or but then we have a few of them that say that when you get Ulves, man, you play your first game and that silver lining comes on. As a fan, we love that. You know, we, we stand there and we, we're very passionate about it, but being on pitch, is it as loud as it seems when you're in stands? I don't know. There's a, there's a, I always remember that there's a, there's a bit in the tunnel as you go out, um, and I don't know if it's changed now, which way they come out or how it comes out, but there's a bit in the tunnel I always remember. I'll never forget my days gone, and I've edited loads of balls over the years, and I'll never forget, this is imprinted in my mind, the roar of the fans when we came out with that song on, it was brought, when we played Hall, and we got, I think we got beat 3-2 or 3-1. It was a phenomenal game on a Tuesday night, raining. I remember, yeah. And it was it was a phenomenal game. They had phenomenal players at Hall, did the spent a fortune on that team. And we were quite, we were quite in the, in the grand scheme of things, we were quite a cheap group put together because, like I said, Glenn was free, I was free, uh, Bronte was free. They've been spending millions. I mean, you and Nick Barnby. I think he scored for Hull that day. Nick Barnby. He scored. He scored the uh, volley. I was miles away from him. He volleyed it in. I was like, I watched back at that video and go, where was I standing? I was standing fucking having a sandwich inside the pitch. I'm nowhere near him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but that that era, that era of, of, of Hull side was like, they were they were going for it big time, like money wise. And I remember playing against them on a Tuesday night, thinking. Now this is unbelievable. This like the raw, and I played at one other place where I thought it's unbelievable, which was lucky enough to be Anfield, and I'd say it was on par by a mile. Um, I say it was on par, you know, by that unbelievable, unbelievable sound, unbelievable noise, and unbelievable fans of going at it. Go on, Jamie. Then, so when it comes on, are you are you one that just sings the Ohio Sheffield Wednesday, or do you sing it word for word, Jamie? No, I'd make my, you know what I'm like, I like making songs up, I make my own words up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think, now I, think, I think it all the way through, but, but obviously I'm one of them that's going to go out, going down the country, like, do you know what I mean? Oh, video it, video So it. I can do a tweet oh. and then, then delete it's it after song, it? it's a good song. It's, good class, song. it's class, but the thing is, it's one of them where, like, well, I'm cooking my dinner today and I've got it on in the kitchen and I'm, and now it's, got, it's just got to be played at ground. That's it. When it comes on radio and you're in the car on your own, there's somebody going, Oh, yeah, silver line. It's not silver line. It's Sheffield Wednesday, but you can't shout it out. And you just got to be played at Wednesday match, and that's it. But Wolves have it as well, by the way, don't they? Yeah, I owe Wolverhampton. What that don't make sense. It don't make sense. It's Wednesday's song. We invented it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, one other thing I want to touch on. I've been doing a bit of uh, bit of research, and then uh, I, I came across a, a rare goal that you scored, guy, for uh, for Rotherham. What what was that celebration all about? Rare. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's just reared you off, guy. Can you believe that? I, yeah. I can't believe he's just reared you off. Yeah. He's just reared you off. He's just, what? Did you only think he scored one goal in his career, James? It's which one? The one that got promoted or the one that was live on Sky? Which one? Or which one of the 13 I scored for other Your celebration where, you, where you're stomping off. Mate, one in ten I was. Ten and a half. One in ten, I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, yeah, James, you know why we're on that? Because Giles, um, I'm looking at you again because I, can't, I still can't believe you at Wednesday for five years, six years, mad. But I'm looking at it now. And the, no you can edit way. this out if you want. No because... way he was in there for five Hanging on. Five you know, I know it's mad, but listen to this guy, right? You can, edit this, out. you can edit this out if you want because it is a bit embarrassing, right? But last time you scored a professional goal was 2012. Who? You. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad, that, isn't it? Right. Probably is about right. I've been injured for five years. 
I've been injured for five years, so that's probably made sense. He's looking. Look, you can you can see his body's all fucked. He's only got his head left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking at Wikipedia now and just just looking at it because I, I, I my last wait. goal. My last goal. I think. No, he's got Wi-Fi's gone again. Oh, for fuck's sake! Let's freeze again. Go get some better Wi-Fi, the big man. Mate, his Wi-Fi is all... Every player that comes on takes piss out of his Wi-Fi. Well, listen, I'll be honest with because you. Whilst he's not on, he, he, he was some player, you know, but he was fit. I know that. Some, I know he, that. He we all know that. He was destined... If, if it weren't for his injury... <laughs> he was destined for some big things. Listen, I, be, I better go out this top. You were. Because I reckon they're going to lock it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've got... I've got, I've got the police all over me, mate. It's like, it's like, um, it's like Grand Theft Auto. Someone's, someone's called the police on me. I live around the corner. I must recognise the size of my car I've got. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, guy, we'll. Uh... Oi, I'm on about it, it, it big, mate. It's a small one. It's like one of them Nissan Bluebirds. Remember them back in the day? That's way before our time, right. uh, guy. That's way before our time. Is it? How old do you think we are? <laughs> How old are you two? Coppers are... Police are after him, Giles. Mate, I'm on the way, mate. Police are after him, mate, again. <laughs> we just, just had a message, Giles. Giles. I, lo- I love Giles, me. Um, I love Giles, me. When my, my favourite player sent me that shirt and then he's gone, just signed up to Patreon, boys. Thanks a lot. And just signed up now. David Naylor. What, are you charging people for this? I ain't getting what you did. Yeah. I'm sounding like Leo. We only, we only now, get five I? grand. We only get five grand. Yeah, guy, we only get five grand an episode. It's not worth having. Hey, I'm sounding like Leo Knight now, ain't I? <laughs> and bagged it. Bagged it. What did you keep saying on that on that podcast? Guy, pop pop and round. Bagged it. Bagged it. Pop pop round, and we'll oh, get, we've got your bag of money uh, waiting for you, it. mate. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Brilliant, guy. You've been a, you've been a pleasure to talk to, mate. Uh, you st- you st- you st- I've, I bigged you up at the start, and I think uh, you know some of the stories you had were uh, were, in- were incredible. So uh, I hope the police he- don't come and get you. But, um, but what's he doing here? Is he driving? Is he is he on the move? No, nah, they're yeah. all right now, mate. They're all right now. I'm I'm driving away safely. Driving away safely. Driving away safely. He said again. He said again. But yeah, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, to speak to us. We really do appreciate it, mate. No, I just said it's a pleasure to catch up with Giles, pleasure to catch up with the Sheffield Wednesday crew. They're obviously a massive club in my career, so I really appreciate it just being asked to come on and had a wonderful time, if I'm honest. It's, a, it's a, an honour to have played for them. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Guy. You've been a legend, mate. Thanks a lot, pal. Take it Cheers. easy. I hope it all goes well with football. Cheers, fellas. All the best, mate. If you need anything, Giles, don't call me. 